In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> it's still summertime, so we could say we still have the summertime blues when it comes to doing things. It might be slow a little bit and sluggish, but this year, God arranged for us not to have the summertime blues because of the COVID crisis that has extended for too many months, and it will continue, as they say, for a while. So, we've been plugged into this, willingly or unwillingly, and the virus has transformed the way we do things, and the whole world is affected by this little invisible creature, organism. This transformation is affecting also our church as a community, as you can well see here, the things you can see and the ones whom you cannot see, uh, greatly affected by this. So we're, we're transformed, we're transformed. And one of the things that is being transformed in the large picture here is our inability, whereas what's transformed is our festival, our Greek festival. You know, this would have been for us now prime time for preparations. Thimi in the back there, so relaxed this, this year, in the past, was all up and eager to go for the, for the big push, uh, which for us, this year would have been next weekend, the weekend of the festival. But uh, we're being transformed. Uh, we received a message this year that this community has to, to be transformed to continue to minister, to follow the Great Commission of Christ in the Monterey area, here without a festival. Without a festival, yeah. So, the parish council members lately, a few of them, have worked for, for hours, for many hours, to prepare a letter. Can you believe this? A letter that most likely, most of the people will just move it from the envelope to the recycling bin. But we hope that this will not be the case this year. That letter is also calling on a transformation. Alright, not a transformation of the festival into a different fundraiser, but a transformation of the community into a healthy community that does not depend on the festival, on other people putting in our, on our box. Which means it counts on a personal transformation for us to change as a community. In preparing this letter, the, one of the drafts that we looked at had appointed to our vision as a parish. The vision in our new draft now, to be transformed. To be transformed. Unfortunately, doing quick draft drafting, the vision was captured in the sense of, as I remember now, we are a church here to transform ourselves. And then when we looked at it, we realized, boy, we cannot, that's not right. The church exists. We are here. We come here for being transformed. We just cannot transform ourselves overnight. We're, you know, shake off all the sinful and bad and ugly and darkness in us. It doesn't work that way. But for being transformed, absolutely, you are the right place. We are the right place. So, we went for that. For being transformed. The gospel lesson today brings us not a parable, but a real, a real situation that in some interpretations is turned into a sad end, a sad event. This young man was not able to go after Christ. Well, today I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell you a little bit differently here, based on the 
the commentaries of the early church fathers, and also some, something that our tradition has brought to us to this day. What do we have here? We have a man, just like you and I, who is, who is seeking to be transformed. Who is being seeking to be transformed. And this story appears in the three synoptic Gospels, uh, pretty much the same. And we learn here about a young man who was not like the Pharisees. He did not come to Jesus to challenge him, to humiliate him, to kick him out. We're told that this young man came with great respect, reverence, kneeling in front of Christ, addressing him on a matter that should be a concern for all of us. Addressing him on a matter that it should be a concern for all of us. He asked, what must I do? More specifically, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? So, from the beginning, we must realize that this was a special young man. And how blessed we are to have with us today a lot of young men and women. Some of them very young men. But he was young. And for somebody of this of young age to be preoccupied with eternal life, that is remarkable. It tells something about the, the condition of his heart and how he was raised. But anyway, he approaches the good teacher in this way. He's told that God is the only good one, and what a coincidence, God is talking to you right now. <laughs> he's the good one, um, in between the lines. And uh, he's asking, okay, what, what good deed should I do? The Lord says to him, there are two levels here that you, young men, righteous and good guy, must consider. The entry level, the ground level, and the high level. The ground level is called, if you would enter life, just to enter life, if you want to enter life, if you want to be there, if you want to be saved. We all know this, kids and everybody knows. It says, keep the commandments. Keeping the commandments brings life. Obey, disobeying the commandments, sin, brings death. We all know this, and it's very clear. And then the man said, which commandments? The Lord explains to him briefly. He gives him four things not to do, as a reminder of, of, the, of the commandments of Moses. Not to kill, not to commit adultery, not to steal, not to bear false witness. And he gives him two things to do. General commandments to do. Honor father and mother. And love your neighbor as yourself. And this young man was such a good guy. Just like we're all here, he said. I've been doing these, and a different gospel says, from my youth. I master these. So he said, I'm already there at the entrance level for, for life eternal. Obviously, he wanted this, as the Lord said, if you would enter life, give the commandments. And then he says, what do I still lack? Not only was he good with the past, but he was motivated to move forward. He had zeal. He wanted to move up. And Jesus, a different gospel says here, loved him. I want you to think about this for a moment here. Jesus loved this man who wanted to grow, who wanted to be transformed. Jesus loved him. 
and said to him, If you want, again, if you want to be perfect, if you want to move from the entry level up there with the holy people, with the saints, with the Panagia, if you want to be perfect, you have to do four things. Number one is, go. Get on the way. Number two, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Number three, that was. In this way, you'll have treasure in heaven. And number four, come and follow me. All right. Why did he say this? Why did he tell him to go and sell everything he had? Why didn't he tell him, go to the seminary? Or go join the, the Air Force? He told him, go and sell what you have. Because he is the good one, he's the good teacher who knows everything that is in our hearts, in our lives. Inside out, he knows us. And he knew that this man, young as he was, maturing his thinking and in his heart, with a strong desire to move up from the ground level, cannot move up because he's tied to the ground. He's attached to the ground. And what was holding him there was his wealth. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful. Sorrow, as we heard and talked this last week from the epistle of St. Paul, the second one to the Corinthians, comes in two flavors. Godly sorrow and worldly sorrow. He had this godly sorrow now because, we'll see now, I'll talk about this. One on the way, sorrowful. Why? Because he had great possessions. Very simple. Look how much he worked to, to get there. Well, the commandments, his whole life and everything. And now, talking to the good teacher, God himself, there's one thing that tripped him off. And he left. The conversation follows with the disciples. Jesus approaches them. It will be hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And then it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for the rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And the disciples, by the way, the disciples had nothing. They left everything. Alright? They had done this. They asked, then who is going to be saved? Why did they ask this? Because they worry not about themselves, but about you and I, those around, who still have possessions, who can be saved. Jesus looked at them and said, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Okay, well, we've heard this before, and we said the poor young man, he went away sorrowful. And he lost the opportunity to grow, to be, to be saved. Now, there is a tradition, not written in the gospel here, but part of our church way of transmitting, as St. Paul talks in his epistle today, what I receive, I transmit to you. Okay? That says that about a year later, somebody visited Jesus, the good teacher. Guess who this man was? The young, rich, ruler, man. The, the main character in this event here. A year later, he was there to see Jesus, not to ask him how he's doing, 
and not to check on the on the Hebrew festival either. But he was there to follow him. Wow. What a glorious end. What happened? The men left sorrowfully. But he repented. He put to heart what he heard. And what an opportunity we have today to put to heart what the gospel is teaching. And he went on the path of transformation. And diligently worked. For a year. To follow Jesus, what did he have to do? He had to sell everything he had. Break the chains of that attachment to his possessions. He gave it to the poor. Exchanged, made a great deal here. He changed what he earned in this, what he had as possession on this earth for heavenly treasures. And also, he changed something for somebody, for Christ. Yeah. The Holy Father's teach. Start low. Begin with the commandments. We cannot take off if we break the commandments. The commandments are there. And the new law has more than the Ten Commandments that we know. They are rephrased, they are repackaged, they are restated, along with a few other things. Such as, do not be anxious. And so on. So, that is the entry point that we cannot escape this. We cannot escape this. But there's another aspect that, that we should consider. Not that we want... Actually, I think St. John Chrysostom says, you don't, you don't need to go and sell everything you have. Like you folks, you have the kids. You have, you, you just take it easy. Take it easy. Don't ruin your families and go to the monastery. This is not what, what, we're, what we want to do. But practically here, what is the message of the gospel today? It's the, of the one of the attachment to things that we need. Money is the one that we all need to survive. And money by itself is neutral. It's neither bad nor good. So a weapon, the knife, is not bad or good. Right? What makes the difference is how we use the knife or how we use the money. And if the money becomes a barrier, a stop in the way to following Christ, the Lord, the good good teacher, tells this man, remove that barrier and come after me. And by the way, we know that going after Christ also involves picking up the cross. involves suffering. It involves endurance. involves patience and sacrificial giving and everything else. So, what else would tie us like this? Family. Family. Some people might love their family more than Christ. He would say, leave your kids or whoever is, whatever is happening in your life, you know, sports Sunday morning, and come to be with me. The sacrificial moment in the divine liturgy. Family is one of those things that empowers us. We feel con- connections, relationships fit in this category too. That would give us, could be attached to them and rely on them as this young man was relying on money. Intelligence. I'm so smart. I went to Berkeley and Harvard. I have three degrees. I earn so much money. And man, I plow through. I have so many patents. I'm a strong, successful man. Rank. Would this be in the military or in the private business? I'm the big cheese now. I'm in charge. 
I'm powerful. I rely on this to move forward. And spheres of activities. But brothers and sisters, as we see, as we have seen now with the COVID, this can be wiped off in no time. In no time. We lose them all. And, and, and then we're just left there on the ground. That's why the Lord says, cut it off. Such that when the virus hits, when the festival doesn't take place, when the bomb falls, you're above that. You're safe. You have eternal life. You move towards it. So, in the words of St. Theophan the Recluse, he's giving us wisdom on how to approach this, the rich, what the Lord says, it, is, it, will be, it will be hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. But who can be saved then? St. Theophan comments on this. Here, this, the meaning of the rich man is the one who sees within himself the many means and powers that lead to his prosperity. But as soon, as soon as one who has many possessions cuts off all attachments to them, extinguishes within himself all reliance on them, and ceases to see them as his substantial support, then in his heart he is the same as one who possesses nothing. To such a one is the road to the kingdom opened. So we become like the one who sold his possessions and gave them to the poor. When? St. Theophan says, when we cut off all the attachments, the reliance on those matters and means, and seeing them as our substantial support. That's when we become like what the young man was called to do, and as the tradition said that, he did. He cut it off. And this is the point that we are asked here to, to work on. Riches, then not only do not hinder him who has them, but they help him, for they provide the means for charitable works. When we manage to cut off from these things that, that are bad to us, they become now tools to do the good things, the righteous things, such as the riches, from attachment to charitable works. Riches are not the danger, but the reliance upon them. Whoever relies on something and is attached to it, is rich in that thing. So, what do we see here? A man who was transformed. His transformation process started from the young age, by following the commandments. And then when he felt that he, there was room for him to grow more, he talked to the good teacher, and he was put on a track that, with great diligence and knowledge of the heart, by the Savior, caused him sorrow, godly sorrow, to change, to repent. And he did. It took him a year to be transformed. To be transformed. Transformation takes time. Changing our heart into a repentant heart is the grace of God when we labor. But once we go on that path of repentance, it will take days, weeks, months, years, maybe a lifetime for us to be transformed. The place of transformation 
we know here, as St. Paul teaches in his epistle today, is the place where the Holy, Spirit's abound, Holy Spirit abounds. The grace of God as the church. And when we come together, as he did, working hard, God's grace, then the gospel is preached, the tradition is transmitted, the catechumens are baptized, the church is growing, and when we are transformed as well, there's no need to transform the festival into a different fundraiser. Because that transformation of ours will be reflected in all directions. Yeah. And this transformation, the Lord wraps it up today, many times, most of the time, is not possible by man alone. With men, this is impossible. What? For the rich men to enter the kingdom of God. Who is the rich man? The one who is attached to something. He's rich in that something. Are we attached to things? I'll add to the list here, the screen. All the other attachments, the screen is one of those that we think brings us so much power, and it does. And having the information, having the power to buy, having the power to influence some, to blacklist people, you name it. We can do much more than any of the kings back then could do. So then, who are the rich? The ones who are attached to something. We feel rich. Cannot enter the kingdom of God. With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. What is possible with God? To change. To be transformed. To leave even the attachment to the money, to possessions, and to find eternal life. As for the summertime blues, make sure you don't make it the festival time blues. No such thing. Because we turn towards transforming ourselves. Rather, being transformed. Turn towards being transformed by God, who has the power to do so. As we end one of our prayers in the collection that prepare us for Holy Communion prior to the liturgy in the morning, O Lord, correct and save our life to the increase of virtue and perfection, the fulfillment of your commandments, communion with the Holy Spirit, provision for life eternal, a pleasing defense before your judgment seat, and not for judgment or condemnation. Amen.